Welcome to a special edition of the Back to Back Podcast. I'm Zach Harper. Normally you hear me on, well, Back to Back Podcast on the Basket Buds edition, and you hear me on Hoops and Howls and Game Notes, other podcasts on the Athletic Podcast Network. Today we did an interview with Marcus Thompson of The Athletic about the do-over series we, we have on The Athletic in which we talked about the Minnesota Timberwolves passing not once, but twice on some guy named Steph Curry, who ended up being pretty good. Marcus and I had that conversation on the Hoops and Howls podcast, which you subscribe to if you want to listen to all of your Timberwolves agony that you can possibly get, and, you know, the occasional good stuff. But that interview is happening right now on this podcast. Welcome to the Hoops and Howls podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. This is your Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. I'm Zach Harper. Mike Smeltz is producing, and we're joined by the esteemed, the critically acclaimed, the author of Golden, and you wrote a KD book as well, Marcus Thompson, right? What's the name of the KD book? I can never remember the name. I remember Golden, but I can never remember the name of the KD book. And you this were tripping like, up. I was going to rack hey. my brain, but literally right in front of me is Ethan's book, The Victory Machine, with that picture of Kevin Durant on there. I was like, I'm going to screw this up. I know it. Oh, man. First off, uh, KD is not the kid I don't love. You know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> I love both of my children equally. Sure. So, of course, I know the name of my second child. KD, Kevin Durant's Relentless Pursuit oh, to Be the Greatest. Relentless Pursuit. That's what it is. Yeah. Now, I, I wasn't responsible for naming my second child. Uh-huh. But, you know, hey, sometimes you got to take the name, you know, from the family or whatever. Sure. Of course. Um, how, are, how are those books doing in the wake of Ethan's uh, just really – irresponsible reporting in his book i mean can i i'm, I'm mean, just gonna level with you one thousand percent yeah i'm one of them dudes like i write the book i do the necessary appearances and yeah. promo and then that's it <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't pay i don't pay attention did at it, all did it change from like the first book promo to the second book book promo i'm curious about that yeah no it did because number one the first book promo i was lit right right I was hyped. Like it was my first book. Uh, it just felt like a big moment in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like just, it's a big moment. I remember doing a lot of thinking. I did a lot. You know, I was having every, I was having these periodic, uh, award ceremony speeches in my head. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) you ain't even supposed to be here. You you know, I just, I'd I'd look at the book and then I just dive into one of them, you know, (laughs) They said you'd never make it. Like type <laughs> your third grade teacher said. <laughs> you know, so it was like I don't know, man. When you write a book and you finish it, it just like for me, that's the, the greatest accomplishment is finishing it. Yeah. And because both of them were so difficult to write, uh that I don't even really care to do the follow up evaluation right because i know like what it took for me to do it and if that's not good enough for anybody then i don't even really care because it you know what i'm saying because yeah well <laughs> isn't, so that's kind mistake, of the, so. that's kind of the interesting thing about um our job in general right is like i'm wrong a lot like in an unhealthy amount i'm wrong but i always know that i've done my homework like i've actually put in the work so if i just see something wrong or whatever like i can live with that because i know i've done the work but when you get accused of like not doing the work we're like oh you don't watch this oh you don't pay attention you don't do this right that's when i like i don't care if someone's like you're an idiot you're wrong like yeah okay i agree like i am but when someone's like oh you don't watch this you don't do this i'm like no this is literally my job and so then like that annoys me and i would imagine when it comes to writing a book like you know you've done the necessary steps to make sure the book is as thorough and as good as you want it right and then after that if it's received it's received but there's nothing you can do about that well the thing about books is like they are forever but you don't get forever right and because they're sports books i don't know I I just feel like I I went about it the wrong way. And I think Ethan kind of feels the same thing. Like, you can't be writing books as a second job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just, <laughs> like, it, it just changes everything. It's yeah. not the same. It's not the same as focusing solely on the book. Uh, but um, the, when I think about those books, I think about like my wife and my daughter and what they had to endure while I wrote them. Right. So 
for me, finishing it, accomplishing it, and moving on from it, like I kind of have to because I, they already sacrificed so much for me to do it because it was like, it was it was crazy. I had six months to write these books, <laughs> like while I was working, yeah. like that. That's and I, nuts. I mean, I remember, I remember the KD book. Like, I think we were in, we must have been in San Francisco, right? Like, I think because yeah, we were in San Francisco. Because I remember I saw you in the at the media hotel in San Francisco during one of you know whatever finals that was. Must have been 2017, or I can't remember what finals that was. And um, and I remember you were working on the book at the time, and you just looked spent. And you yeah, and I, I and you, I don't you might have been like thirty percent done with the book at that time. I can't remember what it was. It wasn't that far into the book, or weren't it was like five percent. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I just remember thinking, like, God, you seem miserable right now with this process, dude. It was it was the KD book was harder. Uh, it was it was it was just more difficult. It was I mean I I just didn't have the uh, with Steph I had all these years of right like built in knowledge stuff that I just knew. And it was like illuminating that with KD. It was just like starting from scratch. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I'm not a good start from scratch chef. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm like, go get me the cooked shrimp. Get me the sauce that's pre-made. <laughs> Give me the pasta that's already done. Right. And just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're not up. trying to like, make your own noodles, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. ooh, I, if, if I'm doing that, I need to follow every single direction. Take my, <laughs> it's painstaking, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it, it was rough. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, like, anything I get out of those books from here on out is all a plus. You know, occasionally I'll get a check and I'm like, yo, this is gravy. But the things are so far out of my mind. Yeah. Like that. You know, it's just, I don't know. My next book will just, I will I will never do that again. I will tell you that much. <laughs> I will never do that again. I'm, I'll write a book again. Not like that. Well, it could have, it could have like, been, sabbatical. it could have been a book on Jordan Hill, right? How about that for a second? Yeah, it could have been man, a book can on. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> What would my life be? It would have been a pamphlet. See, these do-overs, man, are talking about these teams and these fan bases, but they're not considering the writer. Like, why why, why, why do y'all want to wreck my life? You know what I'm saying? Like, why would I I be subject to Larry Riley and Jordan Hill for the next? Like, think about this. If they get Jordan Hill, Jordan Hill doesn't pan out, right? Like, they're still the Warriors. Yeah, and they're – always the Warriors, right? Like, you're still, like, banking yes. on Monte Ellis to do something. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe maybe Bob Myers comes in still and, and helps change some things, but, I, you know, maybe the ownership, you know, buys Steve in. Steve Kerr don't take the job. No, Steve Kerr definitely doesn't take the job, but, yeah, there's, I mean, they're the Wolves still, yes, right? The, yeah, that, no question. No um, question. And you know what? Look, you guys were, the you know, the Wolves, and, look, you still turned out to be great. Me, I need the I need the the aid. I need the the right. handicap. Right. You feel me? So I needed a team to become a dynasty. Well, I was thinking. Not I was thinking. Y'all. I was thinking about that uh, the other day. I was like, "Wow, the Wolves like really have had some incredible writers covering this team, and have almost nothing to cover year after year." And I was thinking about the Warriors, you know, media and everything, and how things have changed in that way, and. I I don't even know like I don't cover a team anymore, right? But like I wouldn't even know what to do if I was writing about victories every day. Now watch watch when uh the Wolves have their turn on the throne. When? All the writers when? it's be been trash. 30 years. <laughs> right? We'll, we'll all be trash. dead. It's going to be trash $15,000 bloggers, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be all you're going to be like this is you you're going to be like 64 years old right. and finally waiting for this moment. People like, this is the coverage I get? This is it? This what? Was the, you this have was to the fire up an old blog. I know. I know. It's going to be garbage. Um, you, you, John Krasinski, and I did this do-over for our do-over series on The Athletic about the Wolves passing on Steph Curry twice in the same draft and taking two players at his position. And... I found, I always find the Warriors side of it fascinating because we you know we, and we picked apart the Wolves for years and justifiably so because David Kahn royally screwed up this franchise. Well, I wouldn't even say is screwed David up. Kahn still around? Like, is he in? Is he in Minneapolis? I think, no, I think he's like, like coach or, or coach. I think he like teaches something at NYU at this point. 
So he he ain't walking the streets. No, like he ain't no, I don't, think he, I don't think he's been back to Minneapolis since he got fired. Could he? Could he walk the streets? No, I mean, I guess I don't know how many people would recognize his face just outright, but he would not be well received anywhere. There's not there there is no like even for any like even for Minneapolis. There's no wolves hipster. It's like you know David Kahn actually did a pretty good job. Like there there it, that person doesn't exist. That isn't there. That isn't there. No. no. <laughs> I feel like you're just going to leave that void open like that. I think you should go ahead and... Uh, you want me to do it? I've said too yeah. many rude things about David Kahn over the years that I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could... I don't think I would pass on... I don't think they could They could pass me off as that guy. Nah, you good. Who's going to hold you accountable? You straight? That's true. Well, yeah. And, and I could just say... I could always just lie and say, oh, it's a bit. That's always the genius thing to do. Is is excellent say, hey, it's cover. How do you not excellent get it? Excellent cover. Yeah, how do you not get it? Excellent cover. It's the reason I'm about to become a rapper. I could just say <laughs> it was bars. Well, you've got, yeah. You've got, the you know, the hottest track of the of the suspended season. Oh, do I? Don't is you? Is there like a, a Grammy for it? I don't know if there's a Grammy for it. I mean, you can start doing another fake speech if you oh, want. Bro, but don't, hey, don't, don't, don't mess around, man. You, if I you, you, you blew Chris, Chris Haynes out of the water. Right, no and way. we're not. Yeah, no. Chris, Chris was great. Chris was great. We're not counting what Broussard did because that was terrible. But you had the hottest one. I, I appreciate that coming from you know my uh, the, the best writer on Double XL, <laughs> <laughs> the editor in chief of Stores Twenty Twenty. You feel me? You know. Do I get I get five mics? I think so. I think you get five mics. I might even I might even mess what around throw a six mic in there. Great, break what the, kind of break the system. scale is that? Like, geez, <laughs> you know, it's outcast. It's out. There's outcast, Illmatic, right? and Marcus Thompson during this and quarantine season. flow. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, quarantine flow. You know exactly. Wow. Uh, so how close? How close were the Warriors to ending up with Jordan Hill? Or they were they were all it was always they were gonna take Steph if they were there. never getting Steph. Like they I'm telling you, it wasn't until it wasn't until actually Sacramento passed where it became for real. Okay. But but everybody sitting there watching, like, there's no way. There's no way he gets past. They got two picks. There's no way he gets past Minnesota. But and what I learned afterwards. Their board was Blake Griffin one, Steph Curry two. Okay, but they just didn't think Steph would make it all the way down there. Now, they just didn't. Now, is that something where? Because I do find this with draft analysis that bothers me. They're, you know, like, oh, this guy was at the top of our board, and you picked like fourteenth. You're like, really? That that's what happened. So Steph was legitimately number two on their board. The whole well, I, I, that I do feel like Don Nelson was was revising history, right? Like he was saying, oh, I knew about him all along. If covering Don Nelson that season, there was absolutely no way he was watching Davis in basketball. <laughs> like they're like, it was the most. Oh yeah, I had. And then afterwards, they're like you know, but they had nixed this trade agreement or whatever, right? So you know, they were putting on the airs of, nah, this we always that that deal was contingent on him not being there. We always going to take him, and then but one, you know, Larry Riley was saying it, and it was like, yeah, whatever. When Nelly said it, it was like, okay, yeah, they they really love this dude. The only reason I I believe that Steph was number two on the board because for two years Larry Riley had been hyping this dude to me, like he's been he'd been saying it. Like we talk draft and we talk prospects, and Larry Riley was one of those GMs who probably in normal circumstances wouldn't be a GM, but the Warriors were such a mess that he ended up like rising from Don Nelson's assistant to general manager so like he was just like look man i'll tell you what's going on just just don't burn me right so right. He, he would talk like he, you you always knew what was up and he's a very one of those straight shooter type guy so he he's not a good liar anyway so he would just be like look you can't write this but here you go right but we were just talking he would oh man i miss those days where the general manager would just tell you the players they like you know, you can just talk. But that, you know, like, hey, that, from from the, from the last day, from watching the last dance and just the access to Michael Jordan, who was the biggest star in the world, looking at the access there, and then hearing you know you talk about this, I'm just like, like you get you, it just doesn't exist in that way anymore. It doesn't. It, I mean, but how how crazy? Why is it crazy? 
Like, why is it? Why is this? Why can't you go into a draft telling the people who cover you every day? Yeah, we like these four players. Like, right. what do you lose? Right. Right. What, <laughs> what do, you, do lose? you lose? Well, and that's the thing. Because who's it's Jalen Green's going to be the number one pick in 2021. Right. And whoever ends up with that selection, you know, if let's say it's the Warriors, let's say the Warriors luck out and they get the number one pick in 2021 for whatever lottery gods. Right. And then from Minnesota, right from Minnesota, and then Bob Myers is gonna come out there and be like, you know, well, yeah, we like Jalen, but we're 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 doing our due diligence. Like, no, you're taking Jalen Green. What are you talking about? Just say it. Just say and a lot of this. Just stuff say you're taking like, Tim Duncan or LeBron James or whatever, right? Like, just say it. Yeah, a lot of this stuff is based is like about how you view basketball and how you see the game, right? A lot of this stuff is what you value in players, like. This is how you kind of shape a franchise. We know we we kind of know a San Antonio guy. You know, we know right. a guy that Spurs like we know the model, right? right? And it's like if you were able to know that because you were having these conversations. And I know that you don't want to like burn whatever pick, but the idea is if you're talking about it, we're learning about it and now we can like it gives us the perspective. And then you close that spigot off and then get mad when we don't understand how you think as a franchise. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, you, you, you got to know the game. Like, yeah, I know the game, right? And I know how I see the game. But you never talk about how you see the game. Right. So we, what do we, what do, you know what I'm saying? Like, so what are we doing here? So, so, but back then you could like talk to the GM and you talked to, we talked about players. Like even before Riley, it was Chris Mullen. He talked about players and, you know, you you wouldn't like go right at all. Oh, he said this player was trash, but they'd say it, you know, and you kind of knew. So now when we're doing these mock drafts around the league, it's like, yeah, the Warriors going to take so-and-so. You're like, nah, I don't think they're going to take this person because now you can speak authoritatively. But it's just so different now. But that's what Riley used to do. He'd just talk about prospects or I'd be like, hey, what do you think of this guy? Because, by the way, covering the Warriors, you start looking at the draft in January back then. I mean, the <laughs> like, Wolves, like, I mean, the only time you didn't look at the draft, even when they were good, was when they lost draft picks over Joe Smith, right? Like, even right, when they yeah, were good, you're yeah, like, man, oh. who are they going to grab? Like, they got to get someone in here to help out. That's so funny, right? Exactly. So we, we were in full, like, hey, who you thinking? And I remember – in 2008, Steph did his like tournament run. Yeah, but before that, for some reason, we were talking about like players in college, and he was like, "I'm, you know, I'm telling you, you got to the Steph Curry kid is gonna be something." And so I remember looking it up and thinking, like, "Man, this, you know, because remember, he's like a GM who's probably not supposed to be a GM, right? right. He's like." He's in the seat, but and then everybody thinks Don Nelson is really running the show because he's Don Nelson's homie. So it's like, you know, whatever. This dude ain't the GM. And then he says, "You got this." I'm telling you, this this kid from Davis is gonna be something. So I look him up, and you see this kid in this like XL jersey playing for Davis. It. You're like, man, this dude really don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he went and found this dude at. You think this dude is about to be a beast in the NBA, right? And so then. This is before Steph goes off in the tournament. And then Steph goes off in the tournament, and he's like, see, see? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, okay, it's the tournament, though. Right, yeah, well, it's just like, college. You know, What's it going to do? Yeah, right. it's, it's a different beast. Uh, and then Steph didn't play well. I think it was Kansas. He did not play well, and it was like, yeah, see, this is what happens when the competition steps up, blah, blah, blah. So he had been hyping. And then it was like, I remember a time he, he went to see Steph play at Purdue or Indiana or something like that. Might have been Purdue. It's all in uh, Golden, the Miraculous Rise of Steph Curry. But uh, and Steph was terrible. He had like well, eleven. Well, wait, re- real quick. Where can you find that? Can you find that book anywhere? They sell books. What, what, wherever books. Are oh, sold. okay. All right. Just making sure. KD, the relentless Kevin Durant's relentless food to be the greatest is also wherever yeah. books are sold. I got. See, it's been a while. I'm rusty with the pitch. Uh, <laughs> so Steph had like eleven turnovers. He shot terribly from the field, and Davis had lost. And he comes back and is like, yeah, this dude's legit. It's like, this is legit. Like, <laughs> like, dude, he just got destroyed. He was like, but no, they 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 beat him up. They just, oh, they destroyed him. He turned up all over. And he would not stop coming. He would not. He just kept going. I was like, oh, yeah. So uh, now I'm looking for the next GM search because this dude ain't going to make it. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and I, and, you know, Steph's a big deal by the end. He goes back to school. 
because instead of coming out because he wants to play point guard, yeah, he had to show he's a point guard, guard right? He had a point guard already, so he was a two, so now he stays the third year, and he has this big showdown with Patty Mills at St. Mary's College, which yeah. is out here. So I go to that game because he'd been hyping Steph. Patty Mills was kind of a deal, and it's like, all right. And he wasn't that great in that game. Like It wasn't like, oh, here's this, this, this NBA talent who's about to dominate. Like You know what I'm saying? It just wasn't that. So it, it was just like, I mean – you could see he had skills, but he just looked so small. Right. You know what I'm saying? We just hadn't seen a dude that small be so dominant. But it was two years of Larry Riley hyping Steph. <laughs> right. So right. this is that's the reason I believe it, because he was just constantly talking about this dude like he was like he was a star. And nobody else was talking about this. Like nobody well, Don Nelson was not talking about Steph Curry, like Nobody else around was talking about, like, from a scout GM perspective. Remember, you used to talk to scouts too. Oh man, what a Remember time that was! Be, oh yeah, yeah scouts, scouts used to ch- scouts, scouts used to be a big part of NBA coverage. It feels like that's diminished significantly. Ethan's like the only dude who talked to scouts. <laughs> <laughs> I, they're like three I, I can talk to, and that's it. I got. I, I think I'm down to two. Yeah. I think I'm down to two scouts. I mean, they. They, they, there is a lot of juggling, and plus, scouts ain't. And one of them does that, not that think I'm guy. does not think I'm funny. One of them really does not think I'm funny, but will still talk to me for some reason. But it's like an old guard now. Yeah. Now the scouts don't have as much clout as they used to. It's the analytics dude in the front office. You know right. what I'm saying? It's like, but the scout is just like the 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 old baseball guy who's trying to tell you he's got a good chin, so you should draft him. Right. But uh, <laughs> it's just like talking about stuff back then especially in that like year and a half year before he got drafted nobody was talking about him like Larry Riley was so i can understand how when Steph is there on the board they're like they probably even forgot about the deal with Phoenix <laughs> you know what i'm saying they were just like cuz they made that's how they didn't think it was going to happen. They made a deal with Phoenix. They they uh, made a trade with Phoenix for the 7 pick and Amari Stoudemire. They were finally getting the big man. He was yeah. coming off knee surgery, didn't know what she was getting, but they finally got their big man. Uh, so that's that's what they had done. They just didn't want Jordan Hill. Like that was going to be their fate, and they were just trying to get out of the Jordan <laughs> Hill fate. Well, that, that's the <laughs> thing, too. Like, man, the Wolves didn't really have Steph up there, especially like Johnny Flynn came in and, and you know, wowed them, and they love his leadership. And because Johnny's like, personable he's charismatic right like you can you can like if johnny can play your eyes off him yeah exactly like and dude that's even smaller than steph right like i mean it's it's crazy but the idea that they weren't going to because he wouldn't work out and this is always the biggest farce to me is when when someone i'm not working out for that team i'm i don't give a damn i don't need the workout to determine the workout helps right but if i'm a gm like a guy won't work out for me. That's not saying that doesn't take me out of the game for that guy. Like that's right. that that idea is so stupid to me that you would then be like, well, this guy won't work out for us. What are we supposed to do? I don't know. All the other intel that NBA teams do on players. What about it's that? Like if it's like if I uh, somehow or another uh, won uh, a date with Rihanna and she didn't want to be there. Like I'm still gonna be at this day, you right? Know? Exactly. Like, <laughs> like you're still getting the, like, the appetizer, the main course, and the dessert, like this, and whether she can be tuned in is, or not. But I mean, matter. like this is on you, but this is what's happening. Like we about <laughs> this is about to be a night for me, right? You know that? That's how the Warriors were. Like they're they were begging him. Yeah, they were begging the Warriors not to take him. The agent would like was like literally begging for him not for them to not take him. They wanted to go to the Knicks so badly. And they got all the way to seven. The Knicks oh, were at eight. And they the got door. all the way to seven. So they were especially disappointed that the Warriors jumped in. But, I mean, Larry Riley told them, there's nothing you can say to me that's yeah. going to stop me from drafting this guy. Which is how it should be. <laughs> like, that's how it should be. That's crazy to me. I mean, another funny story from that whole draft process was um, – was the reason the Kings passed on Ricky Rubio was the whole the infamous steak story, like his mom? Yes, yes. His mom cut his up, cut up his steak, and they're like, "All right, well, we can't take this kid." 
they all act like it's like gambling, right? right. Like there, there are these omens all over the place that tell you if you're about to win, what number you should play, what color, like right. you know. And no, it's actually not that. <laughs> it's not that at all. It's actually, it's actually a little bit more scientific. Yeah, you can actually do your homework, right? There are reason teams hit all the time. It's not a hundred percent. But you can do seventy percent well in the draft. Yeah, like like you can. It's right. not like, hey, I I don't know, man. He wore a red tie into the meeting. You know what I think about red? Right. Yeah. That's. I mean, it's just so stupid <laughs> the things that they go through. And like, and granted, like Tyreek Tyreek Evans was phenomenal the rookie year, right? Like he was unbelievable. I bought that was a first. That was my first season like covering a team for the for the True Hoop Network, and so like I was like enamored i was like oh my god because i didn't know Yo, i didn't know the, out of the gates too like yeah I, and oh i didn't know the ups god. and downs of like you can be too close to the team because i don't even give a shit about the at, at the kings right like i've never been a kings fan i rooted against them when they were playing the lakers in sacramento like yeah. all that stuff right i was that guy and so like i didn't care about the kings and so but i became enamored with tyreek evans rookie year because he was the lone bright spot on this horrible team i had to cover every day and so, like, you can get lost in that when you don't know what you're doing. And so, and so, Tyreek was like a perfectly acceptable pick. Like the plantar fasciitis stuff and the problems uh, kind of derailed him. And it, he was probably going to be phased out by positionless basketball anyway. Because the funny thing about his workouts is they were just bringing him in against all these point guards, and he was a monster yeah. compared to all these point yeah. guards. And so he was Absolutely. destroying in workouts. Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, we got to take this guy." Not thinking, well, what if they put a small forward on him? Then what does he do? Right. Yeah, and like absolutely. as a rookie, he was fine. But once they put the, they were like, oh, by the way, this guy cannot see to his left. He doesn't go left at all. Just sit on his right hand and he's neutral. Nah, he'll, he'll like, has he looked that way a little bit? A little bit. Yeah. A little <laughs> you bit. You know what I'm saying? A like, little bit. He didn't get that little, oh, go, <laughs> that head fake that, that work every time on the playground. Just right. Just you bigger and faster than everybody. But <laughs> that, that draft really made me, uh, you know, Tyreek was the first player. Where I started to understand how some dudes just peak physically earlier yeah. than other people. And now that's something I look at. I know people were saying it like with Zion, but he he's such a freak. But sometimes a dude is just a grown man yeah. in college playing against boys. And that Tyreek felt like it felt like once he started playing around grown men, like he lost the advantage he had. Which and Steph was kind of the antithesis of that, right? Like <laughs> like it's like, yo, if you could ball while you still like adolescent, like how much better is it going to be when you get to be of size? Yeah, when you get to be of size, we actually put some real muscle on and everything, yeah, right? We become strong. Strength, yeah. yeah. That, so that was interesting. I just Tyreek was such a beast. I remember uh, you were probably at this game. It was it was a big deal. I think I've told this story before, but Tyreek, the Warriors were playing at Sacramento. Tyreek was just you know, but he just couldn't. They had no rim protection. And you just couldn't stop him from getting to the hole. Like, yeah. especially that it was like the first half of the season where he was unstoppable. Yeah. And so he's cooking the Warriors. This is like when the Warriors were like basically trying to beat the Kings, right? It was like a struggle. So they're down at halftime. I think Tyreek has like 19. Uh, and I tweet out uh, the Warriors have no answer for Tyreek Evans. And. So, you know, halftime's over, second half happens, in the fourth quarter, Steph guards Tyreek. When Tyreek is taking all these bad shots, yeah. and he's like 0 for 7 in the fourth quarter. The Warriors come back and win. And I go into the locker room. This was at Arco Arena. I go into the locker room, and Steph is looking at me like, yeah, what? Clamps. Clamps. <laughs> what you got to say now? Clamps. And I'm like, what? And he's like, clamps. Clamps. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? I saw your tweet. Warriors don't have an answer for him, huh? What did he shoot in the fourth quarter? Clamps. Clamps. And I was like, you're reading my tweets at halftime? <laughs> <laughs> it, was the, it, was the happy, it was the happy Gilmore response, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're reading my tweets at halftime? I felt a little, I felt a little proud of that. Like, yeah. You, yeah, I mean, yeah they maybe you sparked stuff, the man. dynasty. Where's they they read ring? my stuff, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I did get one of them little cheap ones that I gave to my mom. You know, they pass them out on ring. Night. Oh no, that doesn't count. That doesn't oh, count. I mean, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> if you're bored in the house, bored in the house, bored 
Why not spend some time on yourself? Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure you're well-groomed above and below the belt. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving thanks to their Lawnmower 3.0. I know what you're thinking, guys. Oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, I don't, I, I don't, I'm a man. I don't, I don't do that kind of stuff. Trust me. You, you're in quarantine right now with a significant other? Do that. Go hit that Lawnmower 3.0 with Manscaped. Do it and see what the reaction is. Grooming system has never been better. It's never been easier. It's never been cleaner. It promotes great hygiene. The tools are precision engineered for your family jewels. It doesn't get better than Manscaped. The perfect package 3.0 kit comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. They've got deodorant down there. They've got moisturizer. Anything you could want, they've got. And it is skin-safe technology, advanced skin-safe technology that makes it completely nick-free. It couldn't be better for you. You're going to love it. Your significant other's going to love it. And by the way, get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. I'm wearing them right now. They are so comfortable. And let me tell you, not a chafe to be had. So go to manscaped.com today and use code THEATHLETIC. You think Steph always becomes this, right? Because I've written about it before. I'm like, I think the Timberwolves screw up Steph Curry. Or maybe he ends up go- – like, I think he would have gone somewhere else and then maybe he gets it. I'm but I, I don't so think he ever becomes this guy it. on the Wolves. I'm so torn. I could go with that. I could definitely see that. I could see him being good enough that some other team might be like, hey, the Wolves are really sitting on the gym here. They don't know what to do with it. Let's right. go get that. Because some other team is trying to do it with the Warriors. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, we, we already know about the whole Chris Paul. You know, there there's a few times where people were calling about and I at minimum people were calling about the Warriors. I know it got to a point where Steph was off the table, but they were at least listening. Yeah. If not offering them, right, as Ethan said. So uh I I do see a universe where he goes to the Wolves, they somehow trick that off, and another team goes and grabs him and he becomes Steph. So I'm I'm so torn about this as we were talking about it. Part of me looks at the situation and realizes how many things had to go right for Steph to for this to happen. Like a lot of stuff went wrong, but a lot of stuff went right. Yeah. But also like to see what he went through to get here is makes him it just makes him seem like the type of dude where you're not gonna stop this guy. Like he he's delusional with his confidence. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like and and he is actually skilled, right? And yeah. he does work harder than anybody. And usually things work out for people like that, right? Like so Maybe, maybe I don't know. Does it not work out like this? Or was this all like some final destination plot where no matter what, he would have ended up back on the Warriors and winning three championships, right? Like who he just feels like one of those dudes where it was going to work because of who he was and how he operated and what his skill was. And I think that's a big deal. Like no matter what, he could she could shoot like this. Yeah, he was always and, the shooter. Yeah, right? no matter what, he yeah. could shoot like this. And maybe that was always destined to change the NBA. And there was nothing anybody could do about it. And the Warriors just happened to be the ones who who capitalized on it, right? That, and yeah, it's just it's just a lot. I, I, I if you lay it out, nah, man, he doesn't get. Steve Kerr coming in with this motion offense. He doesn't get Clay Thompson next to him in the 2011 draft. If you know, he doesn't get a dude who is one of the greatest defenders of all time and doesn't care about scoring on his team. Right. <laughs> right. Like he just like a lot of this stuff, he doesn't end up in this soup, this hotbed of basketball that no matter how bad you are, like some just something about NBA hoop here where he becomes this cult figure. You know what I'm saying? Like a, a lot of this stuff had to happen just to exalt Steph into this this global figure. Uh, so it feels like, yeah, nah, like every this is how it worked out for him. But at the same time, like here's a dude who was, you know, five foot nothing. 
a hundred and nothing, right? <laughs> <laughs> and with fragile ankles, <laughs> and <laughs> and he still made it. Like right. so, how do you stop that? How do you stop that? Talking about uh, I can do all things. Like Steph, when Steph was in the league, young and people are killing. Like there, were, people were saying he should be a six man. He wasn't going to make it. Yeah. Like He wasn't that good. And he was thinking, I'm going to be an all-star. It was del- it's like, it. there was a sense of like, man, this dude is delusional. Right. <laughs> well, and then and then I'm sure like once he like becomes all-star level player, I think David Lee made it over him, right? Like he, they had a good team. David Lee. Yeah, 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 over, yeah. And then he burns yeah, that. David he- Lee, does it happen? Does David Lee sh- sh- shift him to another gear right when he's like oh y'all still doubt me all right <laughs> right yeah exactly and then he burns down the nuggets and and i'm sure at that point he started thinking like oh i could be the mvp like i'm actually i'm actually good like i'm good enough to be an all-star like i could be even better than that right like why did I, he even think he could be in the nba exactly i mean like, that's, that's Charlie christian that's, like i, I want to be in the nba right well that's a funny thing so I arguing with certain writers during that that first run, right, where they burned down the Nuggets, um, and there and, and I'm getting like, oh, these are lucky shots, lucky shots, lucky shots that Steph's hitting, and I'm like, all right, let me, and I tried to put it in context. I'm like, all right, like I'm a pretty good shooter, right? Like I like I feel like if you can't block my shot, I'm not really worried about about you contesting it. Like once I realize like, oh, that person's not blocking this shot, like I'm I'm letting it fly and I and I feel pretty good about it. That's me, Marcus. Now imagine yeah. you have the shooting ability of Steph Curry. Like, yeah. uh, like I don't know. Like that. That has to bring. I mean, look, I'm not a very religious person, but if I could shoot like Steph Curry, yeah, I'd probably believe in God too. Absolutely right. You know, like I would believe in. Like, uh, like oh my God, I am destined for something. Like, because imagine the amount of misses that he actually has in life, and not that many. It's just like. I remember talking to Steph one time and was just trying to get him to explain why he shoots so well. And, you know, he had his technical stuff, but there, like there's a part of shooting that's like really mysterious and you just got to do it. It's like, for instance, and you know this, right? If you had a free throw line and you shoot the first one long. Yeah. How do you shoot it short, shorter the next time? Like how do, people say, oh, he took something off it. Like literally, how do you do that? You can't explain it. It's a feel thing. Right. So well, he's describing his stuff and he's like, well, no, you just and I'm like, but how do you do that? <laughs> well that's the funny thing too is like is is the free throw thing people are like oh so you just shot it shorter the next time i was like no i shot it normal the next time right like you have to you have to try to explain that like no no no, i didn't take something off i had put too much on me taking yeah, yeah, something yeah. like it's actually no i just i went back to the way the shooting motion is supposed to be you don't alter your shot based on that one you just try to get back to your muscle memory like it's little things like that that there's a that connection isn't always there for a lot of people, right? And that's what I'm saying. Like, and you can't explain that no. via elbow in or like there's no actual No, like that stuff matters. Thing. That stuff yeah. matters because it's a buildup, but that stuff doesn't actually matter in those little moments. Like, oh, that one went no, long. No, okay. I, it's like he's like, man, the, the the key is to shoot the shot the exact same way every time. Yeah. Man, how do you do that? Right. You know how many times I've shot it and it's like rolled off my pinky or, you know, it's like. You can feel. This is the Draymond's problem. People are like, oh, Draymond can't shoot. Draymond does not shoot the same shot every time. No. Like it just depends right. what what kind of shot he's gonna shoot. Like it just varies, right? But Steph Clay, they do it the same thing, same way every time. Like the way he sees basketball and the way it feels in his hand is just different. Like he's, it's just it's savant like. Yeah. It's it's just different. So I don't know how to say. T- I don't know how to say that dude wouldn't made it. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, can, <laughs> I don't know how I can fix myself to say that. Yeah, maybe, I, I mean, maybe I, he is touched by a higher being, and that, and then, therefore, the wolves would have been touched by a higher he being. He certainly right? believes so. How could and you not? It, Look at his and, life, Marcus. And, and does it even matter if, if it, it, whether it's true or not, if he believes it, yeah. that's what matters. Yeah. That, that That's what carries him. Like, he believes it. He believed it when he had, when he was wearing number 20, because it was the last jersey, and he was a fr- he was a freshman, and they put him on varsity at the end. Right, and they didn't have a jersey except one left, and it was large. So the Joker was like a like he was wearing a curtain, <laughs> and he believed it when they put him on the court. Like he believed yeah. he should have been there the whole time. What's, like this ain't new. He been nuts, right? Well, it's the whole like everyone clowns like when Mario Chalmers is like I'm a top ten guard in the in the NBA. 
right? And everyone, like, God, what an idiot! And I'm th- and to me, I'm like, look, I'll, I'm happy to crack the jokes, but I'm guessing you don't make it out of Anchorage, Alaska, to make the NBA unless you're delusional. Thinking you're like thinking you hope you bottom ten, right? Exactly. No, like that's not how that works. You're delusional. There's probably a you long gotta time be where, yeah, where Mario Chalmers thought I'm the greatest player in the world, right? You gotta be delusional. Yeah. This dude, Steph, man, the whole rain shooting thing, they won a championship and they went to New Orleans and they were playing the Pelicans and Anthony Davis was blitzing the screen. Yeah. And, you know, Anthony Davis is like stretches forever. So when he's coming off that screen, he didn't have any daylight. Like, and they know Anthony Davis will block your shot when you think you can get it off. Yeah. So he's coming off the screen and Anthony Davis is there at the three point line and he can't. Like he doesn't feel like he could clear it, so he he's thirty feet from the basket and he's just like, well, if he's gonna be right there, I'll just pull from right here. And like this is happening in his head while he's on the court, and he takes a thirty footer and he was like, yeah, see that does work, and he does it again, and now people are shooting from thirty feet. Right. Like who does that <laughs> mid game? Like, this dude is nuts, yo. He's just like, oh, you're going to be right there? All right, I'm going to shoot. Everybody in the history of basketball before him has said, right. if you're coming out here like that, I'm going to go around you. Meanwhile, everyone listening to this podcast is having flashbacks to, oh, the Wolves have to put Luke Rittenauer at the two tonight against Joe Johnson because they're, they're too injured. <laughs> that's so that's funny. The yeah. other, that's the other angle of that. That's, yeah, uh, that's yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't get the Johnny Flynn thing. I just don't. Well, the the funny like the I just don't get. I get Rubio. I don't get Johnny. Well, like the Rubio pick, and Rubio was good, right? Like Rubio blew out his knee as a rookie, and yeah, yeah he never learned to shoot all that great. But, but if he you was watch like, Rubio, like and he could Olympics, hoop, like he, could yeah, yeah, absolutely. He could like he could play. The hype was real. Yeah, the hype was too much. He wasn't the next Chris Paul or anything like that. But he's still like a that's a that's a hit on that pick, right? Like he gave them six really. Really solid years, and he's a good pro, and he's a starting point guard. Like you just can't miss on those picks. They like you get them. all of the picks before you get Blake. You even I even get Hashim to beat. Like every if, GMs have been seduced by height since basketball has been invented. Right, right. Yeah. Like, like I, this, I personally, I personally thought he was trash, but there are plenty of guys I thought. No, were, he was clearly trash. Yeah, but like I, there are plenty of guys that I thought, oh, this dude's gonna be great, and he was trash. Every, so yeah. like, yeah, you know exactly. what I'm saying, like. I'm telling you, right? Like a seven footer ain't nothing but uh, a man with potential, right? Exactly. Like you, like you can fix him, right? <laughs> like, um, the James Harden pick, you get it, right? Especially in yeah, retrospect, you get James like, Harden. yeah, yeah no he was, he was, you, get, you get Harden, yeah, you, like, you get Tyreek, Tyreek, a man among Tyreke. boys, like he had a great rookie year, a historic rookie year. It looked like they cash in on that pick, and then the Rubio pick happens, but the Johnny Flynn pick, and like, and what John, you know, outlined in our in our little roundtable discussion of like. Of like, well, the idea was he could play point guard for two years until Rubio came over. It's like, what? You're drafting a guy for two years? How does that make sense? The part, the part that I don't get. Just say, all right, all right, Rubio, we got him, but we ain't gonna keep him. We we gonna stash him, and in two years we gonna get him. We gonna get him back. So we need a point guard in the meantime, right? Okay, hey, don't 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 spend the number six pick on that, right? I got it. They had. Didn't they have the 20, 27 pick? They had they had they had five, six, eighteen, and I think twenty six. I think or twenty eight. I think Wayne Ellington was twenty eight. Yeah, so I, they got didn't they? They got Wayne Ellington, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got Wayne Ellington so, at the end of the first. It's just like your second pick wasn't even the best point guard available, right. or that you even selected, like. I mean, they could have done so much there. They could have done so much there at that pick. But and and Johnny Flynn's don't get Steph. I'm saying don't get Steph. Right, Steph's out. I got it. Demar Derozan's there. Austin Day, yeah, who didn't turn out to be that great, but he would have made more sense. Yeah. Well, even you know, if you're like, gonna grab a point guard, you have Brandon Jennings and Ty Lawson. You have Brandon Drew Jennings. Holiday. There's this is point guard central Jeff right Teague, here. Jeff who obviously they end up Darren Collison, like it's all these point guards and and this is the thing like Shoot, Tony Douglas was in that draft, right like. Tony Douglas was kind of like oh man the Kings loved him after that workout he was the only dude that like competed against Tyreek <laughs> Evans they would love Tony Douglas oh my god I was shocked they took Omri Caspi over Tony Douglas I was convinced Tony Douglas was also going to the Kings um but it was like yeah that's the thing and 
and granted, Johnny's story looks worse because he hurt his hip and you couldn't come back from it, right? But yeah, it, yeah. but he wasn't gonna be that dude anyway. Like he it's he could have he could have been serviceable. Bad. He could have been a decade it's, of point guard, right? But he wasn't gonna be a good point like a even good if point he's guard. good. It's bad value. It's yeah. just bad value pick. This is not how you draft, and that's that's the worst part about it. Like. Khan didn't understand draft value clearly because right. he just treated the number six pick like a filler. Well, and, you know he, and like, he claimed he you're right. He treated like a filler, and he claimed, "Oh, well, this was me throwing a bone to the scouting department because they." Yeah, and that's even worse. Like that's what? even that's even worse. Like, right? I loved your line. I loved your line of the piece. Like, isn't the bone their check? Like, yes. <laughs> like the bone is like you get paid for this. Yeah, you get paid. Like. You're using a number six pick to appease people? Like, you clearly don't understand the value of a lottery pick. Right. Like, this is, that's not what you do with a lottery pick. And they have four picks, and they got all guards. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, for real, what are you doing? So you got all – and, like, if you would rank them, did could they have gotten four better guards in this draft? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. So you got four guards, and you you could have gotten better ones at every pick. Yeah, every That's single crazy. one. Every single one. I mean, this is a colossal. It's one it's of, even it's, an it, error. No, this ain't the Warriors drafted Christian Washburn, and he ends up a dope fiend. No, like, this is like this isn't this isn't Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan. This isn't like Greg Odenboe over Kevin Durant. This is none of like this is worse. There no, was there is, was yeah, there was awful. logic to the Sam Bowie like it didn't work out but all right they had Clyde yes you could play Clyde and Mike together but it, it like there's a, you can at least see the logic there right like even if you yeah. don't agree with the pick and you think you know Mike's going to be great you could see the logic there because they had Clyde the Odin over Durant thing there was tons of logic the there yeah. yeah yeah you can see it but this is there is no defense of this of wasting four draft picks the way they did. There's none, and like not even for a big, which is the real coveted. Like that's the NBA possession that people lose their mind over, right? Like, like that's Jordan, the one. Hill, Jordan Hill wasn't good, and he still would have been a demonstrably better pick than Johnny yes. Flynn. No question, no question, no question at all. It, it's like to blow it in this fact. Memphis blew the number two pick. Yes, clearly. Yeah, they should get a pass. Based on what Minnesota did in this draft, we don't even. Hashim to beat is an afterthought. This right. draft will be remembered for Steph Curry and Minnesota passing him twice. Yeah. And that's exactly how it should be. They picked Hashim to beat number two in a draft with James Hart, Steph Curry, Hart, Steph Curry two, two of the greatest <laughs> offensive weapons we'll ever see. And they got Hashim to beat. And we like, yeah, but that's not as bad as. <laughs> <laughs> that's how bad it is. Like, David Kahn was legitimately the worst. The worst. Like, absolutely the worst because Yo, this- he didn't just do that. He drove the only good player away that they had. Like, he was gone by the time Kevin Love wanted out, but he drove Kevin Love out. That's so funny. He brought him a contract extension while he was working out and said, sign it. And it wasn't the one that Kevin wanted. Yo, I think David Kahn is worthy of a documentary. Oh, my God. I mean. And I think you should do it. And I have $1,000 towards that end. Wow, give really? Me a, give me an EP credit. The uh, the David Kahn story, as told by Zach Harper, produced by Golden. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be produced by KD. Okay. <laughs> Kevin Durant's Relentless Pursuit to be the greatest. Um, <laughs> that Golden Money been gone. <laughs> <laughs> long, long gone. Um, yeah. Uh, so, closing thoughts on this, Marcus is there's no way the wolves. Dude, you have to do this. Now that I think about it, you literally have to do this. This is like, what are you here for if you don't do this? Yeah, that's a good point. Think about and think about how how hilarious you would make it. I could just you know, totally you know see what? this extra you know serious spoof. You know what? But it's I, like funny. I, I want I want to sit down with David. That's what I want. I want to sit down with David. How of course you can get it with a documentary. Yeah. I oh, mean, because because he's a big as a as big of an attention whore as I am. I was yeah, like, hey yeah, David, no. we're gonna be on camera. He'll be in. He'll be like, hey, we're doing this documentary. This is your chance to explain yourself. Yeah. He'd take it. And you just let him have the rope, right? 
Let him have the rope. Let him have the rope. Like, there you go, David. Explain yourself. What do you got? See that journalism school get to, you know, get put to use that he that he was in. Yo, yeah, you got to do that. And you got to get you got to get my man from uh, courtside, coach courtside. Oh, the, mean, oh, you know, the, the, the coach, the, the Flip Saunders uh, impersonator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he's got to yeah. be in there. He's got to be in it. Bro, you do an incredible job with that. And if I can get if I it. if I can get Kevin Love on there to be candid Break, about cuz I bet you can get KG too. I bet you get You talk KG. you talk about the you talk about the uh the missteps of that franchise and and you and you mentioned like you could just talk to Larry, you know, Larry Riley back then, right? And just get yeah. the information. I've had a couple of off the record discussions with Kevin Love about this very subject and it is stunning. Just stunning. Dude. Like, if he would be willing to go on the record, it is a stunning, stunning story. We we do documentaries and stories like about like the impact of greatness. Like, there's an antonym to that. What about the impact of failure? Yes. All right. The I'm it, telling the you, the impact of failure. The and David Kahn story coming to the athletic soon. <laughs> there's nobody better at breaking down failure than Zach Harper. I've been doing it for years. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it for 13 years. I've been breaking down failure. You kidding me? There's nobody better. I didn't get the. I didn't get a golden child in an ownership group delivered to me. You know what I'm saying? If if I have the thrill of victory, you are the oh, master man. of the agony of defeat. Oh, the, at this point, it's just the numbness Terror of defeat. Worlds and kings. <laughs> it doesn't get worse than that. I may as well go I'm, cover the Knicks now. Oh man, yeah, you might you may as well. Oh boy. all you right. May as well. That is the perfect place to end this podcast. Marcus, thank you so much. Go buy all of Marcus's books wherever you can buy books. Golden and KD, The Relentless Pursuit of Greatness. And pre-order oh. David Kahn, Impact of Failure. <laughs> Impact of Failure. Come into a theater near you whenever theaters are reopened. <laughs> Come into an on demand near you, baby. Let's go. This is your 30 for 30 moment.